I'm Frederick March. I'm here to show you what the best practices are to change your life and to become more successful in everything you do. This is episode 24, Be Still and Know. Hi everybody, Rev Fred here. Nice to see you. Nice to be seen by you. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Okay, so I mentioned quite a few times, quite a bit in this podcast, that one of the most important aspects of this transformation of who I am and what I'm becoming comes from my time that I spent being still and knowing he is God. And I talk about it a lot. And I guess people are telling me that they don't really know what that is and how to do that. So this is a description of what I'm doing, how I do it, and why I do it. The when and the where, that's up to you. I like to be in a seated position, comfortable, in a relaxed position where I'm not going to fidget too much. Uh, I like to be in a point where it's pretty quiet and pretty peaceful. And there's nothing really much going on around me. For me, that's really important. Although I have done it and do do it in the middle of my workday, in the vehicle, people around, doing what I need. I just stop and focus and be still and know that he is God and get that sense in my spirit about what's happening and what's going on, you know, and just calming everything down. So what it is, okay, the world would look at it and say, oh, you're meditating. Yeah, the world would say it's meditation, but I done meditation in the past before I was a believer and it's not the same. It may have very, very similar techniques and very similar effects, but the focus is completely different. The focus is on God. The focus is not on me. Now, what happens through the process is that I get insights about me from God. So that's good. So this is this is the deal, okay? So what I do is I get in a comfortable place, I close my eyes. Sometimes I have nice relaxing music playing with no lyrics, just instrumental music, wherever is good, either in headphones or out loud, whichever way. Sometimes I have nothing at all playing, just quiet. And I put my arms down and I settle and I have myself in a position where I don't feel the need to adjust myself or move myself around at all. I'm comfortable. I'm not going to move. Because there's some points when I've done this that I've gotten to a point where I completely disassociate from my body and I don't feel it anymore. I don't sense it anymore. And I kind of have to know that it's in a safe place, that it's not going to, I'm not going to fall over. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Uh, 
it's 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 good i can i can not think about it and it'll be fine so i get in that quiet place and i sit still and then i close my eyes and what i do is i focus first on i focus on god but i focus first on god the father which for me is to have a global focus that's universal, that has really nothing, no specific place. It's just, I kind of focus outwards, all of outwards. And while I'm doing that, in my mind, I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you. My mind, I'm saying that. I'm not saying it out loud. It's very rare that I'm actually speaking things out loud in this moment. It's mostly internal conversation. So that's what I say. I say, thank you. I love you. I love you. And after doing that for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, I then focus on an image I have of Jesus sitting on a throne in heaven. Now, my focus goes upwards. I'm not saying that is where heaven is. I don't know where heaven is. I just know that I have an image of what I see. It may not even be accurate as what Jesus actually looks like sitting on the throne. But it's it's my intention. I'm putting my intention towards the Lord God. And I see him sitting on a throne and I thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I thank you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Then my focus is on Lord Jesus. After the same amount of time, approximately, I let the spirit flow. I let whatever, however long it feels like. And then I, and then I focus on the Holy Spirit, which resides in me. So then my focus goes inwards. And as my focus goes inwards, I think, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I know they're all one. But they all are one. But they all have different roles in our life. And I do not want to leave any of them out. I specifically thank you, Lord God, who created everything for every purpose, who has a son who sent to sacrifice himself, who sits on a throne, who sent the Holy Spirit to reside in us in order for to be our counselor, to be our guide, to be our, our uh, uh, focus, our, our place where we can get our intuition, our knowledge, our wisdom. It comes from God, that connection within us. And so I thank all those aspects of God's personality. And so after I do that and I feel like I feel like I've done it. I get like a, a release. I no longer feel, I feel the peace coming in and the love coming back. There has been times <laughs> where I would say that and say that and say that. And every single time I say it, I would feel this peace and this joy and this love come back on me so much that I didn't want to stop because it was just so lovely and warm and precious and love just filling me is 
It was awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Little tangent. It is the difference between an intellectual understanding about who God is and a relationship. That you know who God is because you feel him. You know. You're, my faith is not based on an intellectual process that somebody convinced me that God exists. That somebody convinced me that God's real. Somebody convinced me that this... I'm not an easy person to convince of things. But when God showed me and I felt him there's nothing that can take that away I can choose not to see it I can choose not to go after it I can choose that but nobody can convince me that God is not real not because I'm just convinced that he is I know that he is I feel him I sense him I hear him I know it there's no doubt no doubt. So after I get to that point where I feel like a release and I no longer telling the Lord I love him and Holy Spirit and Father God, and I, I'm done that whole process and I'm calm right down, be still, I try to think of nothing whatsoever. Nothing whatsoever. And so in that moment, I may focus for a little while on my actual breathing. There's a lot of scriptures about breath and almost all of it is about creation and God breathing life into our souls and us becoming alive because of his breath into us. And I believe that in my spirit, I feel like our breath is part of that life. And you can use your breath to modify a lot about this body, a lot of it. You can modify your breath in a way that gives you energy, gives you uh, adrenaline. It just because if you, if you breathe in a certain pattern, it will start to, you know, rev you up. Like if you breathe really quickly, like you're hyperventilating, it will get your motor running, get you really right, riled up and ready to go. But if you breathe slowly in long duration, It'll calm you right down. It is a way to control your emotions as well as your physicality. You know, you could be all riled up and freaking out and just freaking out. But you can just focus on what they call box breathing. You focus on that for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you feel yourself calming down and just being calm in that situation. And box breathing is just simple. It's four steps. And they all are about the same duration of time, whatever time duration you want. Uh, one second, two seconds, three seconds, whatever you feel. More than one second because one second is pretty fast and it becomes more of a hyperventilating. But you breathe in, you hold it. You breathe out, then you hold it. Start all, start all over again. So you breathe in, you hold it. So you breathe in, say you breathe in for four. Hold it for four. Breathe out for four. Hold it for four. That's a box breathing. Same number each time. And that's, a lot of people use that as a technique to stay calm in uh, rough situations. 
uh, when I drove an ambulance, that was a technique that they use this when you go into a rush situation. I know the firefighters were taught that's how they that's how they cope with dealing with being in a fire. You breathe in that box method. It helps you to stay calm during stressful situations. So it's a, it's just a method for 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 box breathing just to calm yourself down. But in this situation, all I'm doing is breathing in and out through my nose. I don't breathe through my mouth. I think there's a lot of studies you can read about best way to breathe and calm down. I think whatever feels comfortable for you. For me, breathing in and out through my nose is comfortable for me. Some people don't breathe very well through their nose and they need to breathe out through their mouth, whatever the situation is. You do whatever feels comfortable for you. It doesn't matter as long as you're breathing. In this moment, you're kind of focused on your breathing because you're trying to take your focus off other things. So what I find, if my mind is just racing, one of the things I use to calm my thoughts, because this is going to get maybe a little theologically convoluted. I don't know what you're coming from. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know what this kind of stuff. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That's what I believe. I believe speaking in tongues is a fantastic tool. There's a lot of reasons why we should do it and why we can do it and what it does for us. I'm not going to get into all the details. There's a fantastic book out there called The Walk of Power, Walk of Spirit by a guy named Dave Roberson. Fantastic book. If you can get a hold of that, it explains a lot of the details about why we baptize in the Holy Spirit. What is speaking in tongues? What does it do? Right? Edification of yourself, edification of the body. There's all kinds of things. Your perfect prayer that you pray. So basically, this is, I look at it in this situation. I pray in tongues, not necessarily out loud, sometimes out loud, but not necessarily out loud. In my head, I pray in tongues. And what it does is it focuses my mind on doing something that's not specific. It's generic because I'm not saying actual words. I am speaking in tongues, which doesn't make any sense. So I'm not having a thought and then trying to come up with another thought and then another thought. It's just a random thought process that's going through where the tongues is taking place in my head. Now, when you, if, you, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't have speaking of tongues, it's not difficult to do it. Say you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you ask the Lord to do it. And then usually it happens after you already got born again. And so what happens is God will give you this gift of tongues. Now, sometimes it comes out very simple at the very beginning. You might just have like one little sound, la, 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 la. Some people, blah, 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 blah. Some people get whatever they get. It doesn't make any difference because tongues are the perfect prayer in a heavenly language that nobody understands but God. The enemy doesn't understand it. We don't understand it. Now, we can get interpretation of tongues, but that's only within a body in order for a revelation to be given to a body through speaking of tongues, and then somebody else will have the interpretation of that tongues in order to get understanding about a certain thing that God's trying to do at the moment. If you don't have somebody who's an interpreter of tongues in the body, 
best not to do it because you don't want to cause confusion. You don't want people who don't know what that means. It's more of a tool for yourself. You don't know what to pray. You don't know how to pray. I use it because what I've realized in this walk is that I don't understand why I do a lot of things that I do. I don't know the reasons why I do some things, I act in some ways, and I do act in some ways. Now, there's a reason for it, but I don't know what they are. But I know that God knows. And I know that if I want to get through those situations and I want to get free from those situations and I want to pray that so I can get out of that situation, I don't know how to pray, pray in that for that because I don't know what it's all about. However, if I pray in tongues, I believe that the Holy Spirit is guiding that and God is using that to make a perfect prayer to do the thing that he needs, he needs us to do. So I pray in tongues for that situation. Some people, when they pray in tongues, it's more elaborate, sounds like an actual language. Some people actually do sound like they're speaking other languages. Some people have been speaking in tongues. They don't know what they're saying, but it is in another language, and other people can hear in their native tongue, and they know what you're saying. That's doctrinal beliefs if you believe in it or not it doesn't make any difference i'm talking about using it in this context to be still and know that he is god and so i use it in a way to quiet my mind because you can't think and pray in tongues at the same time i can't and so i will pray in tongues and it stops my rumination it stops my thinking about oh i need to do this i need to do that i need to do this and I do it. And then when it stops, then I go back into that quiet place and I try to be still. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to feel anything. I want to be completely separate from any physical area. I just want to be with God in peace, being still, like completely still and knowing he is God. I've gotten deep revelations in those moments. And it's not a revelation that comes to me in words and God telling me this or God telling me that. It's almost like once it's over, I feel this freedom and then God starts speaking to me. For me, that's being still and know that he is God. I go into that place. I go, I can't think about the worries of the day while I'm doing that. I can't. So it's perfect to shutting down your mind. And you're not saying words. I think there's it's not a surprise that people who do meditation uh, have like this mantra, these uh, uh, ohms and all these things that they sue. They do because it's the same thing. It's a mindless sound or thought or thing that you can do on a regular basis that blocks out your thoughts it, so you can't think while you're doing it that's the reason for it it's a technique that god had created for us to do that's why he gave us tongues to get into this place to know how to be still and know that he is god by in that medication and being in that quiet place with god it works no matter if you believe or not it works 
I think it's better that you know who God is. <laughs> you know what he's doing with your life. So that's what it is. Being still and knowing God. I get into that quiet place. And then I, as soon as I get to that place and I can feel that there's no thoughts and there's no thing, nothing is distracting me and I'm sitting there. I hope that I can sit there as long as I possibly can to get to the point where I literally forget about time and space and me and I'm gone. I am in heaven with God floating around feeling his presence feeling that you, you feel like you're in heaven you feel like you're away from everything physical you are in a spiritual place 100 percent. no physical attachments whatsoever so that's where i go when i spend time with god just being still just being still No thoughts. Nothing. Just being still. I've done a lot of research about stuff like that, and I found a lot of people who are really, really good at meditation say it's kind of the same kind of situation. You get to a place where you separate from your body and you're in a place that's completely spiritual, and it's profound and it changes who you are deeply that's the place of god that's where you go and you're spending time with god you might not want to call to god but that's where it is that's what it is it's a beautiful place to be very beautiful place it's change you Spend time there on a regular basis, it changes you. It really does change you. You see things with a bigger view. It's wonderful. It really is wonderful. So, I hope this explains what it is that I do and how I do it not going to be easy if you've never done it before getting this to stop thinking yeah it's it's work it's it's really work it's really it can be done but it's work i'm a thinker i love to think usually if i'm driving and it's quiet i don't listen to the radio when i'm at work or nothing like that sometimes i listen to podcasts but i don't listen to anything my, my mind just keeps running and thinking about this and thinking about that and coming up with ideas for things and the Lord's talking to me about something to preach about or, you know, what to talk about in the podcast. And there's all kinds of stuff that's always going on. And I, I love that. I love that place of thinking. And, you know, I could do that all the time. And I love it. But I also have to get to that place where I think about nothing. Absolutely nothing. It makes me very happy that... Uh, we don't have to think about everything all the time. Imagine if you had to think about when to take a breath, when to have your heart pump, when to have your lungs expanding. And dry. It would drive us crazy. I mean, drive us crazy. You know, there's so many things that we, our body does without even thinking about it, without us, us thinking about it. It just does things. 
I learned an interesting uh, thing the, the other day. Do you know <laughs> that everybody is blind half of their life? Everybody. Half of your life is blind. The other half, you can see. You think, what? I'm never blind. You think you're never blind. But the reality is we have within our vision a blind spot. It's right in the middle between where our two eyes come together. And there's a, an area that's a blind spot. Now, our eyes on a regular basis, every three seconds or every, sec every three seconds, dot back and forth, dart back and forth, filling in the area. And if you close one eye, you can see that you're looking in a certain direction. If you close the other eye and you can see you're looking in a direction, there's a spot right in the middle between those two that you can't see. But because your eyes are always darting back and forth, it fills in that section. But you don't ever see the blurriness from the eye darting back and forth. Why? Because within that three seconds, there's a point where it goes dark and then comes back up. It goes dark, comes back up, goes dark, comes back up. It does it all the time. It goes dark, comes back up. You don't see it. But in those moments, that eye doesn't see. The other eye is seen. And then this eye doesn't see. And then another eye is seen. So each second, each eye is going blind and back on again. Because if we saw the movement of our eye, the whole world would be shaking around all the time and it would distract us. And we don't want to be distracted. So our body decides, okay, we're not going to show them the movement. So while it's jotting back and forth, we'll shut the eyes off so you can't see. So you don't see. So it's like, Seconds, like millimilliseconds. Shutting off, shutting off, shutting off, shutting off, shutting off, shutting off. So much so that you don't even notice. Apparently, if you hold the side of your eyeball with your finger and you wiggle your eye, you'll see how it jiggles around. That's what it would look like all the time if that didn't go off. So every second, within the millisecond, our eye goes blind, comes back on. Eye goes blind, comes back on. Eye goes blind, comes back on. It has to. Otherwise, the darting back and forth, we would have equilibrium issues. And you wouldn't be able to see what's right in the middle of you, what's going on in your life. Because it would be black. Because it, it, there's a blind spot there. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I didn't know that. There's so many things that happen in this body that we don't know what's happening. It just happens. It's compensating for the thing, areas that we need to compensate for. Now, there's probably a really good reason that that happens. Who knows? It's a good reason for it. I don't know what it is. He designed it that way. Why did he design it? I don't know. Probably a good reason for it. But there's so many things like that that happen in our life. There's so many thought processes that we have in our life. There's so many 
misunderstandings we have about who we are, what we're capable of, what we can do, what we can't do. All these things are in our heads all the time that we don't even know that we're thinking them sometimes. The only way there's evidence that we're thinking that way is because our life shows that it is. If you're walking with insecurity, if you're walking with doubt, if you're walking around with uh, not living up to your potential, you obviously have those thoughts that are keeping you from being successful. Otherwise, you'd be successful. There's thoughts that are there that are not yours. That maybe we're from growing up. Maybe somebody said something to you when you were a little kid that you just put it in and now it's a fact about yourself. But it's not a fact about yourself. But you believe it's a fact about yourself. So that's who you are. And you do whatever you can to make sure that the reality of that is still true even if it's a painful reality. You feel stupid. You don't feel smart. You keep proving to yourself that you're not smart. Because it's painful to think that you don't really know who you are. But is that more painful than feeling like you're stupid? I guess to this body it is. It likes to keep things static quo. He does not want, want to change. It likes to stay the way it is. Familiarity, familiar, familiarity is more important to this body, to this mind, than the truth. Rather keep things the way it is than allow you to change it to make it better. But we need to change it to make it better. How do you change it to make it better? Part of that is being still and knowing he is God. Getting to that quiet place where it is not in control. It is not in control. And you're separate from it. And you're in a place where God can say, this is who you are. This is what you're called to do. Far bigger things than you could ever hope or dream to think of you can accomplish. Far bigger. We have to change those things. Recognizing the patterns that you have in your life based on the evidence of what's happening in your life. If you're having relationship issues, you have issues about relationships in your brain. Not the other person's fault. It's your fault. You pick people that have issues because you need to prove that you're right about those issues in relationships. If you got rid of that, you wouldn't choose those kind of people anymore. You would choose the people who don't have the issues that you don't want to be involved with anymore. But you still believe something different. You need to change those beliefs. Otherwise, you'll keep on walking through the same patterns. You don't need to know everything. But if you know what God says about who you are, then you can use that as your template about who you really are. Despite what your evidence says to the contrary. 
And you get yourself to the point where you say, no, I am this. I am this. I am this. I am no longer that. I am no longer that. I am no longer that. I am this. And you start to believe it. And you have to convince, convince, and walk it out. Recognize the patterns is a great way to do that. Being still and knowing he is God is a great way to get to a point where the patterns can be seen objectively from above instead of being within it. Very difficult to see where you're located if you're sitting in there. Topographically, look down. It's much simpler to figure out where you are. Being still and knowing you are God, going into heaven, looking above, looking down, you have a better perspective. You can see the big picture. You know where you are. You know where you need to go. Praise God. I hope this helps you. People have been asking. So here I go, talking about it. I thought I talked about it a lot, but I guess I talked about that I do it. Not necessarily how to do it. And I hope this was simple enough to understand and to do. I really hope you do it. It is the difference between a religion and a relationship. This is how you have a relationship with God. You spend time with him. You're not praying because you're not asking for anything or for anything for anyone. You are just spending time with God. That's it. Just spending time with him. Loving him. Him loving you. It's like cuddling on the couch with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's you're spending time with them. You don't necessarily have to be interacting with them. You're just with them. This is the same thing. You're laying on the couch with God with your head on his chest and you're just spending time with him in his presence. Loving him, him loving you. That's it. The relationship. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. If you have a relationship with God, nobody can convince you that he doesn't exist. Yeah. You know he exists. I spend time with him. I feel him telling me he loves me. I feel it. I know it for a fact. He is God and he loves me. There's no doubt in my mind. <sighs> Praise God. I hope this finds you in a good place. If not, go to a good place. Bless you. I love you. Give you a big hug. I love you. Look forward to seeing you in person. In person. <laughs> in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. Okay.